This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How are you doing, Mike? Not too bad. How about yourself? Good. We've had a good week here at the show. Uh, we're we're building. We're growing. September 9th is what I'm hearing as far as when we'll start to have or when we'll start going after sponsorship for the show. I'm also contacting Rode the microphone maker, seeing if we can get some uh, some sweet, sweet merch from Rode. So we'll, nice. I'll, I'll let you know how that goes. Um, but news today. I've got some, some news. Leslie Jones is leaving Saturday Night Live. Did you see that story, Mike? Uh, yeah, I saw it somewhere. Yeah, after five seasons. It's weird, too. It seems like she's been on. Yeah, it seems like she's been on way more than five seasons. Yeah, it really does. Didn't, didn't that like Ghostbusters movie come out at, like, at least five years ago? And if she was in that, and I think it was, you know, she was on SNL at the time. I think maybe, I think maybe it came out like three years ago or something. Oh, it seems like a long time ago. It really does. But apparently she may be in the new Coming to America movie. She's got a stand-up special that's coming to Netflix in 2020. And apparently she's going to host a reboot of Supermarket Sweep, the game show, on Netflix. That seems really weird to me, but... Uh, that, That movie came out in 2016, by the way. Huh. Wow, only three years. Seems like a lifetime ago. Really does. But yes, yeah, supermarket sweep. People do people even still go to supermarkets anymore? Yeah, you'll just like have like your ship ships person like running down the aisle against their uh, you know Meyer dot com person. I don't know if anyone saw that John Oliver story on Amazon and how their their warehouse workers are worked, but basically it's going to be that it's it's a little too true to life. Work as hard and fast as you can for minimal gains. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I don't watch Saturday Night Live much anymore. I don't think you, you really do either. No. But, you know, I, so I mean, I guess I'm not super broken up about her leaving be, just because I don't watch it. But I do like her in general. And, uh, you know, I think I'll be interested to see her stand-up special on Netflix and this Supermarket Sweep reboot. (laughs) Oh, So, Mike, you're familiar with Richard Linklater, I believe, correct? Yeah. You like that before sunset and and all that stuff. Um, Well. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't see those ones, though. Oh, okay. But he's he famously took twelve years to make Boyhood, the uh, the film, and which I didn't like at all. <laughs> Though, <laughs> I thought it was incredibly boring, not worth twelve years of anyone's life. I I think Richard Linklater is in general a a f- okay filmmaker. I know if Chris listens to this, uh, Chris Williams, who who hosts 
we're we're watching here over uh, on the network as well. That's his. This is his favorite director, so I know he'll he'll have a lot of words for me. But you know, I, I think he's just fine. Not great. Not terrible. Just fine. And I, uh, there's a lot of his films I don't like. But he apparently is going to spend the next 20 years of his life making a film called Merrily We Roll Along, based on the Stephen Sondheim Broadway show, which is an adaption from a Kaufman and Hart show, uh, 1934, I believe. And it was a total flop as a stage production when it came out. Because it it tells a, a like a weird sort of like switching narrative where it, parts of it take place in the past, parts of it take place in in the present, parts of it take place in the what what would be the future, I guess. And different people are playing different characters in it at different times, and it was very hard for audiences to kind of get their head around exactly what was going on because of the non-linear nature of the storytelling, the fact that that the same act, that like it, an actor was playing two different characters at different times. They to to fix some of these problems, which by the way, if there's this many problems, maybe you didn't write a very good play. I'm just going to throw so, that out so, there. So far it sounds like a blockbuster to me. <laughs> right. But apparently what they did was they had everyone wear these red sweaters with their names, whatever the character's name was, emblazoned across the front of it in order to to help differentiate who was playing who at what time. And now that's become an iconic part of the show somehow. So... You know the uh, kids in the hall originally when uh, there was a female character, they just had like a sweater they would like put on to indicate they were a female character. <laughs> like before funny. they had a TV show, like you know when they did like on stage and such. Uh huh. That's funny. But that that you would have to kind of do that as, as a, for a quick change on a stage show. You can't get into a wig and a bunch of you know prosthetics and and stuff when you're doing a stage show. Right. But anyway, so he's going to spend the next twenty years of his life making this. <sighs> I don't know. I, this doesn't. It's a gim. It's another gimmick. When he when he decides I'm gonna do this gimmick thing, I don't know. It doesn't really seem to work out very well. At least as far as I'm concerned, we'll see. I guess we'll see in 20 fucking years. I, I assume that we'll be still on the air 20 years from now. So we'll cover it when it comes out. I guess. It's, it's weird how those contracts must work, you know? I mean, how can you put like, a child actor under like, a 20-year contract? Yeah, it seems really, really strange. Well, the last bit of news that I have is a trailer that came out for a Netflix film starring Zach Galifianakis. It's Between Two Ferns, the movie. Have you heard about this, Mike? I've heard they were going to have a movie. I didn't know it was coming out soon. Yeah, it is. Well, I saw the trailer. I think its release date is later this month, September twentieth. Yeah, September twentieth. That that that's when it's coming out. Basically, it's him hosting his show and he's going on the road because I don't know. There's reasons. Anyway, it's I like I've I like Between Two Ferns. I haven't watched it like religiously or anything like that, but. 
you know, I'll, I'll tune in every once in a while and, and I'll sit, it'll be in my recommendations on YouTube and I'll watch a clip here and there. And it's generally pretty funny. I don't know if it can stretch to a, like a feature length film, but we'll see. I don't know. I don't know they should talk to uh, the producers of It's Path the Movie about that. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, star-studded cast, obviously. Will Ferrell, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Peter Dinklage, Chrissy Teigen, David Letterman, Jason Schwartzman, interesting, uh, Tiffany Haddish, Paul Rudd, Rashida Jones, John Legend, Adam Scott, I like Adam Scott a lot, Brie Larson, John Hamm, Aquafina, Haley Steinfeld, I don't know who that is. Uh, it's got all of them. John Cho. Keanu Reeves is in it. Okay. Chance the Rapper and Tessa Thompson. So, I like Letterman. I like Paul Rudd, who looks the same now as he did 30 years ago. We'll see. I mean, I'll definitely watch it because I I generally like the show, and it's on Netflix, so it's real low energy for me to to have to do it, (laughs) which is everything that I want in life. Yeah, no, I don't think it'll be a very good uh, movie. I'll probably skip it. All right, well, maybe I'll like it, and then I'll make you watch it, and then we can review it on here. Yeah. And then eventually we'll get invited to Between Two Ferns. Uh, I don't know if that's how that works. Who is Haley Haley Steinfeld? I have no idea. Jerry Steinfeld's brother? (laughs) I was thinking... I was thinking like Jerry Seinfeld's daughter or something. Oh, it's, it's a lady? Yeah. Haley. Well, you know, Haley Joel Osment. Oh, yeah, okay. I gotcha. So, True O'Brien is a cousin of hers. I don't know who the fuck that is either. Oh, Haley Steinfeld is an American actress and singer. Mike, you should know that. Her breakthrough role was as Maddie Ross in True Grit. She received a nomination for Best uh, Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. She did not win. She was in Ender's Game. Romeo and Juliet. They did not. Who was she in Ender's Game? Ender. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, probably uh, Petra. She was Asa Butterfield. That's what she was. Oh, no. Yeah, you're right. She was Petra Arcanian. Okay. I saw that. Uh, yeah, so that's Do who she is. I remember who she is. That's who she is. Uh, she's, yeah, she's done a lot of things as far as that. She's a fox. That's not a, uh, that's not a comment on how she looks. That's a movie she was in in 2009. Hmm. Directed by Cameron Sawyer. Was that that chainsaw guy? Sure. I don't know what that means. No, the guy from, uh, you know, from um, that movie uh, with Mark Harmon, where it's like uh, summer school. Oh, my God. Remember that chainsaw guy? <laughs> I do. He, like, does he d- direct stuff, and his first name is Cameron. I don't, I don't think it's his last name, though, but it could be. Oh, summer school. I love it. Cameron Cameron Sawyer does not have a Wikipedia apparently because oh, it can't be him then. <laughs> yeah, anyone that was in Mark School or was in uh, summer school has got to have a uh, 
Wikipedia. I think it is oh, him. No, no, no. This guy was also in a ski school. Oh. So he's not a one-hit wonder. Interesting. Well, here's his IMDB, Cameron Sawyer. Uh, Tim Timmerman, Hope of America. He produced that. What the fuck? <laughs> he's, okay, so he's playing, well, he's an actor, too. He's playing a chaperone in West Side Story, which is... Oh, it's, it's Dean Cameron, who I'm thinking of. Aw, damn it. It's Dean not Cam Cameron? No, it's not. All right. Let's see, but he is, yeah, he, he does have some acting credits. He was in Touched by an Angel. Played Howie. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, so that's... And he was on... Um, this is so weird. In 2009, he directed a fucking movie with a future Academy Award nominee. In 2019, 10 years later, he played a news reporter on The Late, the late Show with Stephen Colbert. Huh. <laughs> that is not... That's not great. That's not a great career projection. I was directing movies. Now I'm doing a bit on a late night talk show. God damn. Uh, so poor Cameron Sawyer. Dean Cameron, though, quality guy. He was on uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's pretty funny on that, too. Oh, I watched an episode of that the other day where they find a dead guy. Nice. That's way back in season one. Yeah, I would just skip season one if I were you, but... It's still, it's still funny. It's not bad. It's not bad, but Danny DeVito just adds so much to it. If only Rita, what the fuck? I can't think of her name. Rhea Perlman. Rhea Perlman. God, that joke would have worked so well if I remembered her name. If only Rhea Perlman believed that. Yep. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked either way. Anyway, so now let's move on to our. Let's do the dumpster diving. Let's let's get this shit out of the way. Oh, yeah, that's more like a toilet noise, like the uh, splash. Right. I don't know what a good dumpster noise is. Well, you know, diving. Diving. I can make the same noise. It makes sense now. Splash. Yeah. There we go. That's our noise. Okay, there it is. Hey, Road, send us a Procaster thing so I can put all these great sound effects into it, and then I can just, yeah, you know, you know how your system works. Why am I telling you? Anyway, so dumpster diving. Today we watched Step by Step. And anyone that knows me or anyone that's ever watched anything I've done on YouTube or read anything I've ever written on Michigan Sports Entertainment or looked deep into my eyes knows that I, I hate Step by Step. It's one of my least favorite shows. I think it's everything that's wrong with the 90s in a show. <laughs> but that's what we watched this week. Mike, what what did you think of this episode? We watched JT's World. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, I remember watching this during its initial run because I was a, a diehard Step by Step fan. <laughs> Well, I watch all those shows that are on the uh, the lineup because I had nothing better to do. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I just shat all over one of your favorite shows. No, it's not really. It, it, and it does not hold up. But, like, I haven't seen it in like probably like 20 years, and oh my God, it's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of funny because like uh, like I remember like ripping it. Like, when it came out, it was like so up, ob- and it's very obvious, and it even references 
that's a ripoff of the um, popular Wayne's World sketch, uh, which, you know, speaking of sketches, actually, you can make a movie out of. Right. Um, but yeah, so it's like the entire thing is a complete ripoff of it. I mean, that's they're just not even attempting to make a their own thing. Like, I oh, remember Wayne's World? It's, it's on our show now. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And what I did note that I that I that was missing in later seasons was uh, w- when Cody, his sidekick, uh, was was you know playing guitar. The guitar was actually plugged in, which in later seasons of uh, Step by Step, they don't even bother plugging his guitar anymore. It's just like <laughs> this loud electric guitar, and you just don't even see it plugged in. They're like, yeah, we don't care. No one's paying attention to this. Right. It's pretty obvious he's not playing that guitar. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, for sure. Oh, uh, but yeah, so. The the show opens with JT saying that he's going to he's got he he's got his own show on public access as he says just like Wayne's World and it's going to be called JT's Worlds <laughs> because creativity I guess and it's basically exactly the same format like Mike's indicated it's exactly the same as Wayne's World all the 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 catchphrases I mean it's a complete clone and in walks Karen with her friend Jesse from Bayside High. It's it's Elizabeth and I and I wanted to I looked it up because I wanted to see how close this was to striptease <laughs> since they were talking about how uh you know how great she looked and everything. I was like, oh I wonder how how but no, this was still this was on still when Saved by the Bell was on. This was during the fourth season of Saved by the Bell. Uh, but you mean showgirls, by the way. Oh, yeah. What did I say? Uh, striptease. My wife is probably clenching her fist at you as we speak. Yeah, yeah. Those are two very different films. She was still in Say by the Bell at this point. But there are, you know, JT's fawning all over her. He. Oh, I want to point out, too, at the beginning of this, the very first thing that happens is weird as fuck. So, uh, Frank says Patrick Duffy, Frank, says to the other one, Dana Berger, you know, how am I supposed to clean this nonstick pan? She's sitting down eating her breakfast. It looks like cereal and orange juice. And he tricks her basically into, quote unquote, showing him how to do it and getting her to do it. And then he sits down and he starts eating her breakfast. He just, <laughs> it's so weird. I looked, I rewound it because I was like, were there two like bowls on the table. No, he just sits down and then he starts eating the food that's there. <laughs> like, maybe they, maybe they actually did switch out of a bowl, you know, in real life when they mm-hmm. cut. But uh, but yeah, why would they? Why would that's even weird for the character to just eat her after her? Yeah, it's so strange. I don't know about you, but I don't even eat after my own children. They're just oh, they're so uh, no they don't contain food properly or their you know saliva properly, and they never wash their hands, and uh, just grosses me. Out. Me too. I don't like to. My wife will sometimes eat after our kids, and she's like, "Oh, it's the same germs and everything." I'm like, "Not anymore. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not when they were nine months old, but not now." <laughs> like, I will not do that. I, it grosses me out. And, and, but anyway, so so I I just thought that was really weird. Oh um, uh, yeah. So he, he another part that's really weird is that uh, Cody is. Probably like he's at least eighteen, maybe like in his twenties, mm-hmm. and uh, Dana is still in high school. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which da- I never really thought of when I originally watched the show. Yeah, Dana's like fifteen or sixteen years old. Yeah, but he's like he's like he's like uh, hey, his his un- uncle's uh, stepdaughter. That, that's who he's trying to fuck. Yep. the whole time. 
And he's like, you know, probably way too old. Yeah, the babe of the the week or whatever he calls her. <laughs> but so he does his show and he invites. So here's another thing that's very creepy. He he says, Mark, the geek, the little geek kid says that, uh, oh, you know, like Elizabeth Berkeley's real pretty or whatever. And everyone's surprised. And he says, oh, you know, yeah, I'm really scared of girls, but I like hearing about them. And JT says, well, with any luck, I'll have pictures. (laughs) (laughs) And then he goes out, he tricks Dana, or not Dana, he tricks Karen into going upstairs thinking she's got a, a pimple on her forehead. And then starts talking to Elizabeth Berkeley, casually drops in that he's got his own TV show. As he said earlier, anyone with money could could get uh, a cable access show. So it's not like it's an accomplishment. But she says she'll do anything to be on TV. And it's like I could see a twinkle in Harvey Weinstein's eye as, as JT was like, oh, anything? Come sit on this couch. Jeez. Yeah, it was it was like viewed from today's perspective. It was pretty bad. Did they cut to the door closing? Yeah, and then the, and all of a sudden, uh, it looked like someone spilled some pancake batter on uh, some plants. So they they do the show, and and she gets invited on to interview. I guess I don't know what they're talking about. They they don't really. They don't really show that part. They just show the craziness. Oh, party on, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, it's like literally the only thing that happens in the whole show is they say party and they like cut to like Cody. It seems like Cody's playing like the guitar for like minutes and minutes upon minutes. Yeah. Like you just cut to like multiple angles of him just like, and he's not even playing it well. He's just like, I mean, it's he's not actually making any music. Yeah, I feel like they got Eddie Van Halen as their uh, guitar solo expert for this episode. How long should a guitar solo be, Eddie? Oh, as long as possible. And then you see Dave uh, Lee Roth just like punch his fists into his open uh, hand. Yep, exactly. But anyway, so uh, like uh, Elizabeth Berkeley reveals that she's got a crush on Cody or she fell in love with Cody during this show somehow. And so JT's all pissed off. So he fires Cody from the show. I don't know what that's supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. But it's just like immediately, you're off the fucking show, Cody. Like, I guess it's revenge? Because I, I, it's not going to change the way she feels, I wouldn't think. Uh, plenty of time to uh, hang out, if you know what I mean, if he's on the show. Exactly. He, oh, and uh, we already know he's into uh, underage chicks, so yep, yep. He's got stop him? He's got that van already. Yeah, he's got a van. A windowless van that Frank allows him to keep in their driveway, where he sleeps. Yeah, you know, um, mere feet away from the uh, underage uh, girl he's obsessing over. Yeah, her and Elizabeth Berkeley ended up going out, but uh, you know, then Elizabeth got a couple black eyes. So, jeez. <laughs> anyway, so um, for those of you that don't understand that joke, just look up Sasha, whatever his name is, Mitchell. Sasha, Sasha Mitchell. Yeah, Sasha Mitchell Cohen. Yep. Uh, so anyway. Frank figures out what's going on real, real quickly. <laughs> and, like, there's no effort into him figuring this out. He has he has a five-second conversation with Cody, and it's like, oh, okay, there's a girl involved. Now I know what's going on. And basically... Cody, you have every right to fuck this underage girl. I'm going to talk to my son about this. <laughs> yep. He berates Cody, or he berates JT, 
uh, for getting rid of him for a girl. And then, uh, and then eventually JT does the right thing and brings him back. And then we never see Elizabeth Berkeley again. And we barely saw JT's world ever again. They had it like maybe a couple other episodes. They mentioned it, but it was like a very like did not work immediately kind of thing. Oh yeah. And then there was a subplot of uh, Frank and Carol taking a combat- compatibility quiz that consists yeah. of one question, apparently. Yeah, it's like how long would you wait to go out with uh, somebody after your spouse died? I think. Yeah, I mean that's essentially it. You're you're stranded on a desert island. And there is no possibility of rescue. You're there with a beautiful woman. How long would you wait before you slept with them? That's the question. And she wrote forever, and he wrote six months. (laughs) So she was all pissed off, and then he very obviously hired the two girls to entrap her into saying that she'd like to be on a desert island with Mel Gibson. Because apparently she doesn't like Jews, I guess. I don't know. Jeez. But, uh, so. blonde. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, that worked out for him, and, and he was able to get her back. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Mike, how long would you wait <laughs> if you were stranded on a desert island? Oh, I mean, probably a while, just because, you know, I would think you'd be able to be, you know, rescued. Yeah, that's the thing, is. But if at you- the same time, she's not getting any younger. <laughs> But that's the thing, like, if you think about it, would it, would sleeping with the woman basically be giving up that you'll, that you'll ever be rescued? I think that's, I think that's what it would turn out to be. Maybe, uh, you need to have some kind of, uh, you know, prophylactic, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you don't want kids on that island. Oh, God, no. How are you going to feed them? What are you going to feed them? Exactly. It's a deserted island. So. How, how, how about you, Mark? How long would I wait? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I guess maybe a year. I think it would probably take me about a year to give up hope. If we hadn't been rescued in a year, then I'd be like, all right, we're, we're not getting back. And right when you start doing the deed, your wife parachutes in. I finally found you. <laughs> and I'll ask Carol later how long she, she'll wait. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's still a girl, though, not a guy. Oh, yeah. Come on. Right, exactly. You twice as long. <laughs> but anyway, so now we'll move on to whatever it's called, Keeping Current with Mike, where we plumb the depths of all the stuff and see all the gossip and figure it out and try to decide, is this good gossip? What do you think? Do you like this gossip? Where are we going? We're going to one of my favorite websites, uh, bossip.com. Oh, we're back They're to there. Bossip. Haven't been there in a bit. I'm on there. I follow them on Twitter, though. It's a lot of fun. Bossip was my favorite one that we ever did. Yeah, and I, I kind of know the people on there more than like the other ones, so it, it's helpful, or maybe not. I don't know, depending on what you enjoy from the segment. Yeah, I guess. Our most popular segment. I don't know why, but it is. Shantae wept. Judge Faith Jenkins reveals her engagement to Kitty Lattimore on Instagram. Okay. What do you think about that headline, uh, I, Mark? I don't know any names. I don't know what it's talking about at all. I recognized the word Instagram. Is this a real judge? I, I, that's, uh, I don't know anything about that. Kenny Lattimore, the name sounds like I've heard that name before. But um, no, I could not tell you who that was. 
You could, you could tell me he's um, he's on Days of Our Lives or he's a starting center for the Denver Nuggets. And I'd be, okay, yeah, that sounds right. All right. Well, apparently Kenny Lattimore is an American singer. He is an R&B singer and songwriter. I don't think I do know who he is then. He's known for, let's see, so his albums, uh, Kenny Lattimore, From the Soul of Man, Weekend, Timeless, Vulnerable. He's uh, he's charted not great, um, but... Is this, is, this a, is this a candy for our new segment, How Do They Survive? I think so, yeah, because, okay, he's, he's started his career... Probably tours. Or he first charted in 1996, okay? I mean, his song, Never Too Busy, did reach number two on the U.S. adult R&B charts. It was, I mean, overall, it was 89, and for R&B in particular, it was 19. You got to go to U.S. adult R&B. But he did have a number six hit, so his highest charting hit was For You from 1997. Uh, I'm not sure that I'm aware of that song. I guess is he's like a guest on a lot of albums and gets royalties from that? Possibly, because from that point on, from 97 on, most of his songs didn't really chart, and those that did, I mean, they charted in like the the low the low thirties on the U.S. adult R and B, and not at all on the regular R and B or the U.S. Oh. charts. So not great. A Kenny Lattimore oh. Christmas. He did. <laughs> he did that album. That that sounds great. But uh, oh yes, album appearances and collaborations. You are totally right. So he's been on albums with Ray J, Peter White, Heather Headley, Brian Culberson, Heather B. <laughs> very. I think that's a Spice Girl, isn't it? Very luminary. Oh, that's Melanie B. I think. Yeah, uh, I don't know any of these people he's guested with, but oh, Ray J. Well, yeah, I know Ray J, but only because he had sex with Kim Kardashian. And uh, his sister is Brandy, and I think he was on the Brandy show too. He did. Yeah, he was in that. He was in that movie uh, Steel with um, with Shaq. Oh yeah. He he did the song "Love Will Find a Way" from Lion King to Simba's Pride. There you go. So he's probably rolling on that sweet Lion King two stuff. What was the rest of the headline? Somebody wept, and something else happened. Um, Shante wept. Because Judge Faith Jenkins is now engaged to this Kenny uh, Lattimore guy. All right, let's see. Who is Judge Faith Jenkins? I think that's the only person I might actually know. Because I'm pretty familiar with the judge programs on TV. Okay, well, she's she's an American attorney. And let's see. She... Let's see. She's... Yeah, Judge Faith a daytime court show where she yeah, renders decisions. Yeah, I believe I've seen that one. This is the most this is the most generic thing I've ever read in my life. She was also a television arbitrator on or arbi- yeah, arbitrator on Judge Faith, a daytime court show where she rendered decisions in a television courtroom. Right. What 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 else would it be? I don't know. Apparently her show's off the air though. She's with Kenny Lattimore. She doesn't need to work anymore. Exactly. She's got that sweet, sweet Simba 2 money. So, 
somebody didn't like it, I guess. Is that a guy or a girl? I don't understand. Uh, I'm guessing it's like some lady. Maybe she was already married to Kenny Lattimore. I don't know. Could be. Who knows? What a world. It's even more bewildering. Um, there's, a hash t- there's a hashtag, and it's LHHH. Then it's a, a semicolon. No, it's a colon. This is Brittany B. got all-time all-caps dragged for her all-caps struggle vocals after weeks of talking all that ish. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's, it's internet slang overload. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously they're saying ish because, you know, they can't say shit for some reason because they're not adults. Right. Well, I don't know who Brittany B is. L H H H. So let's hear how. I don't know. Um, oh, okay. Love and Hip Hop Hollywood. Okay, yeah, I thought Love and Hip Hop was part of it, but it wasn't pos- I thought they only had an Atlanta show, so that didn't make sense to me. Love and Hip Hop Hollywood is the third installment of the Love and Hip Hop reality t- television franchise. Nice. It's been on since September 15th, 2014. This specific one or the whole franchise? This specific one. Wow. It predates uh, the the Ghostbusters reboot. It does, by quite a bit. Oh, my God. Oh, huh, okay. Well, good for them. Uh, they're having a successful show, but I guess this Britney B lady just can't sing is what the, they're trying to tell us after you know a lot of shit talking. Mm-hmm. So she either had like a single or an album, and like people were just ripping on her. So I just don't know who this person is. Maybe she's probably just from the show. I I don't know. Ray J was also on the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So this show says okay. So they it says cast members. I don't know what they're doing because it's a reality show. So I don't I don't understand any of this. But uh, Ray J, Lil Fizz. Uh, oh I'm, yeah, Lil Fizz. <laughs> of course, you gotta have Lil Fizz. Kenny uh, Lattimore. I'm a. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Orion, Soldier Boy. Omarion. Oh, oh, okay. Keisha, uh, yeah, Keisha Cole, uh, Lyrica Anderson, Brooke Valentine, Yo Yo, and K Michelle. Interesting. They're trying to put us out of the biz. <laughs> exactly. Scripting allegations. Oh, no. Love and Hip Hop is often criticized for appearing to fabricate much of its storyline. Scott Young has denied those claims. Quote, I can't stress enough that the stuff they deal with on Love and Hip Hop is real. We may frame it within a production construct that allows us to shoot on a schedule, but we're not making up the stuff that they're going through. All right. I think we can both agree that uh, that Scott, what's his name again? Hamilton? Scott Scott Hamilton guy (laughs) is a small fish. Yeah, exactly. He is a small fish. Scott Young. He couldn't tell if uh, they were faking it, if uh, if he knew. Oh, apparently, you, apparently not a guy and not Scott Young. I mean, sort of, but it's a girl whose name is Mona Scott hyphen Young. Because she's, yep. she's married to Sean Young. Yep, she knows it all. Listen to her. <laughs> Leave it to Stevie. She produced a show called Leave it to Stevie. Jeez, with Stevie Wonder? Stevie J. I don't know who that oh. is. I thought it was like Stevie Wonder getting into hijinks and you can't see. <laughs> like Mr. Magoo, but with uh, Stevie Wonder. 
And then every episode he played like a beautiful song at the end. <laughs> with a lesson about like, don't go on the construction site. <laughs> right. I just called to say I fell down a manhole cover. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. What's next? <laughs> oh, let's see. I think I may, might be out there one more. Maybe there's one more. All right. I have faith that Bossip can, can get us through. This is a weird one for Bossip. Mealy in the motherland. South Africa suffers wave of xenophobic violence against foreigners and migrants. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that seemed like a kind of a weird headline uh, from Bossip, but uh, apparently it's going on in uh, South Africa. All right. I, I, don't, I heard it from Bossip. I don't know that I... <laughs> know that I have a joke to make about, you know, horrifying things happening in uh, in South Africa, but... It was kind of weird. It is strange for oh. Bossup to be reporting that, but good for you, Bossup. Oh, here's one. Uh, I don't, do you know who Malik Yoba is? No. Well, you're never going to believe this. Malik Yoba opens up about his attraction to transgender women while addressing homophobia and transphobia. Interesting. It doesn't sound like him. No, not at all. It really doesn't sound like him. Good for you, Malik Yoba. You know what's weird is that when I when I googled melee in the motherlands for Google images, the first image from eleven hours ago is a group of men in a truck with uh, shotguns and and everything like that. Yeah, that's what the picture was. The third image over the <laughs> is Laura f- from. Family Matters? <laughs> it's just a, a picture of her like circa 1992 or something like that from family. It it makes no sense. Yeah, I don't know. But that, Kelly, that is, Kelly McClure or something? Kelly something, really. Kelly, yeah, something. She's got a weird name. Kelly Shanyangi Williams? Is that her name now? Yeah. Huh, where did the Williams come from? I don't know. What the fuck? Well, I don't know. Because her, she's married to someone named Hannibal Jackson. What? That's a sweet name, by the way. Hannibal Jackson? Hannibal Jackson. Oh, you motherfucker. What's up, man? Oh, wow. Hannibal Jackson. I'm going to change my name to Hannibal Jackson. Good for you, sir. Good for you, Hannibal Jackson. Known for being... Me? Ca- yeah, known for being Kelly Shangye Williams' husband. That's what it says. Good for him. That is what he's known for. Marriage location, Fort Washington, Maryland. That is the only information that that, that Google has on him. Well, obviously, Hamble Jackson's in the uh, you know the secret uh, you know ops kind of line of work. Oh yeah, yeah, you're it's right. Mar- it's Maryland, you know, where the Marines are uh, based. Yep, he's a spy. That's yep, what. That's why. That's why you can't, uh, that's why there's nothing about him, and that's why his name is Hannibal Jackson. Whenever you say the name Hannibal Jackson, you're basically saying, we have something we really need a good person for, like, get me Hannibal Jackson. Exactly. Sir, Uh, but they're at a a Family Matters 20th reunion uh, tour. (laughs) Get him for me. (laughs) And then uh, then Jaleel White, like, he's good friends with them, so he just kind of, like, shows up sometimes, too. (laughs) We need to write this movie. (laughs) We need to write this movie about Laura's husband, Hannibal Jackson, being a spy. I love this right now. 
And he's also friends with uh, Julia White. Yeah, that's right. And we can make him do that. We can make Julia White do that voice again at 50 or however old he is. And then we'll have, uh, we'll have Steve will show up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I saw this uh, show on Vice TV. I don't know. I think it was Action Bronson. I think the whole show was like him just like, getting like his celebrity friends high, and uh, Julia White was a celebrity friend. It was very odd. That's awesome, though. Yeah, he's been kind of in more things lately. Like, he was in the um, that uh, roast, his historic roast show that Jeff Ross had. Oh, um, yeah, I heard, I heard about that. Yeah, it was really bad. I never saw any of it, but I heard about it. Yeah, it was it was something. Well, that's all I have for uh, keeping current with Mike. All I'll right. You. Let's move on to the Parents' Guide game. So this is where Mike and I read the Parents' Guide on IMDb, and the other one tries to guess. I mean, you know, everyone might be new. I don't know. You guys should, you know, just figure it out. Listen to – don't make this the first one you listen to. <laughs> And if you've already done that, go back to, I don't know, a couple before this and listen to that one first. And then you'll, I probably won't describe it there either, but you know, it'll, it'll work out. So Mike, today I've got two movies that I'm pretty sure you've seen both of these. Maybe not, but I think you've seen both of them. All right, Mark. All right. So now let's start with uh, violence and gore. Uh, Let's see. Several times, people are killed both on and off screen with minimal blood and cheesy effects. That's a judgment call that I don't know that I I would agree with, but it's the judgment of them. Minimal blood and cheesy effects. True lies. Nope. A girl is kissing a boy. She goes down his body and it's implied that he receives oral sex. Wow. Okay. Uh, Ace Ventura. No. Let's see. Uh, Profanity. 25 F words in the special edition. (laughs) Maybe some goddams. I haven't seen the movie, but... Maybe some goddamns. I haven't seen the movie, but so other people will watch it thinking it doesn't say it, and it does for somebody who doesn't want to hear it that. So look it up somewhere else or read the script or something to figure it out or watch the subtitles or type in the title of the film, goddamn, to see if a clip of when it comes up. Basically, this person just said, I don't know. Maybe there are some goddamns in it. I haven't seen it. Look it up somewhere else. Jeez. <laughs> 11 uses of the F word, uh, 14 more in the special edition, you know, getting us to the 25. Around 15 uses of the S word. Several uses of ass, damn, hell, asshole, bastard, bitch, son of a bitch, and crap. Nothing over the top in this category. <laughs> and crap. <laughs> yeah. And then they admit nothing over the top in this category. Um, I have no clue as usual. I'm going to guess. Um, point break. Nope. 
They have sex. Nothing graphic is shown. When when then the date wakes up, she is gone. Sorry, that's not my poor grammar. Right. Yeah, probably the same guy that wrote this thing about the goddamns. Um, all right. So, let's see. Wait, did you say when she wakes up, the date is gone, or when he wakes up, the date is gone? When he wakes up, she is gone. Oh, okay. Um... I will say Trainwreck. No. No, she doesn't give me a blowjob in that movie. Sir. Oh, yeah, it's my turn. Um, <laughs> there are a few scenes with smoking. The main character smokes in a few scenes, as does another character. Uh, someone else smokes cigars frequently. The A-Team movie? No. Oh, that was a really good guess, though. As you say, I didn't see that. Based on the cigar thing, too. And we did A-Team, you know, last week or whatever, so. Yeah, that would have been a good one, but I didn't do it. A teen boy vomits all over a girl's almost bare breast. Is this super bad? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Um, no. Because it, because... Yeah, that does happen. Super bad. Um, let's see. Or no, he doesn't. Does he vomit? No, she vomits. No. Yeah. Um, let's see. Have, have you even seen Super Bad, Mark? Mm, maybe once. <laughs> let's see. Uh, when the team starts waking up, they are all in their underwear. No nudity visible at all. Um, is this Jeepers Creepers too? No. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I assume that happens. Yeah, well, if it's, you know, a uh, Los Predados uh, directed it, so. Right. Uh, one of the characters is seen vomiting in the toilet. Okay, so lots of vomiting. A guy vomits on a girl. <sighs> hmm. Um, This sounds somewhat familiar, I think. Is it... No. The Hangover? No. Uh, let's see. Frightening and intense scenes. Those special, those special and visual effects tend to get outdated uh, in a decade or so and become unrealistic. This film's special effects are done so well, they still look somewhat scary by today's standards. Children growing up seeing only CGI monsters may now may be frightened by the antagonists in this film really being present and in front of the camera. So, because of the practical effects. Is it Gremlins? No. You're getting closer, though. I thought I had you then. One of the characters... (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. (laughs) One of the characters... Is seen having diarrhea after another character puts a laxative in his m- mochaccino. Oh, American so we Pie. From, yeah, we went from vomit to diarrhea, which is what was making you laugh. Yeah, American Pie. Okay, yep. Yep, I we're remember done, that. We're done with the vomit talk. Um, all right, so I'll give you a, a little bit easier one. There's some uh, names in here that you might recognize character names. Uh, Vasquez shoots an alien, which sprays its acid blood on Drake's face, which kills him. 
His face okay. can be seen being burned, but it isn't very graphic. I don't know why I didn't get that it was uh, aliens earlier. Yeah, I thought when I started reading the when the team wakes up and they're all in their underwear, I was like, mm, maybe that might give it to them. <laughs> oh, it gave it to me, all right. Uh, all right, so now, game number two. If I can, there we go. Okay. So, let's see. Under <laughs> Sex and Nudity. This is the only one I read pr- previously, the only one of these... Uh, these entries that I read previously, but it made me laugh then, and it makes me chuckle now. At a scene in a night... Okay, so this is under sex and nudity. At a scene in a nightclub, but it's just a nightclub with people dancing with each other in suggestive ways, but nothing bad at all. (laughs) What? It's such a weird sentence. Sex and nudity, and this this is the entire sentence verbatim. At a scene in a nightclub... But it's just a nightclub with people dancing with each other in suggestive ways, but nothing bad at all. What? Why? First of all, the sentence makes no sense. Second of all, why is it under sex and nudity then? I don't know. Uh, Terminator. Nope. Hmm. Uh, This is under sex and nudity. Uh, Bare breasts shown for extended period. Oh, nice. I've probably seen it then. Uh, um, hmm, striptease. No. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, also under sex and nudity. A man sees a woman's photo in which she was lying on the floor and wearing just a pantyhose and bikini. Camera zooms from her toes to face. Huh, is this a Quentin Tarantino movie? Because <laughs> it's, uh, it's from the feet. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ace Ventura. Nope. A man has his cheek scratched by a pair of car keys. Hmm. Friday the 13th. No. Uh, there are gunshot wounds on the chest and the backs of a few people. No country for old men? No. A woman is stabbed multiple times in the chest and vagina with a pair of scissors. Holy! Resulting in a brutal death. Blood is visible on her face, head, and chest. Wow. (laughs) I remember that part of this movie. (laughs) Chest and vagina with scissors. Um, Evil Dead? No. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Some people get their bodies slammed against walls. Not very brutal. Is that a commentary oh, on no. something in the movie? Or is it just, is it just a, a, a regular, uh, like, observation? You know, some people is get it? their bodies slammed against the walls. Not very brutal. Is this the A-Team episode we watched last week? No. <laughs> that would be hilarious, though. Um, yeah, no, are we allowed to do TV shows as well? I yeah. Really difficult. Yeah, I guess we can extend it to TV shows. <laughs> I just thought that it would make it more difficult. Sure. You'd have to, I guess, so if we did TV shows, it would just be guessing the TV show, right? We wouldn't have to guess the actual episode. I guess. Huh. Um, shit. The Arrival. 
Um, no. <laughs> Sorry, this was also funny to me. A teenage boy is bullied by a group of other teenage boys. They grab his legs and smash his crotch against a flagpole. Holy shit! <laughs> what the fuck? So you got girls being stabbed to death with vagina in her vagina, <laughs> and a guy being quote bullied. I think that's more than bullying. <laughs> that's bullying his whole DNA structure. Oh my god! Um, shit. Is it? It sounds like a comedy now. Um, <laughs> it's not. That's the funny part. Okay. Uh, fuck. Um. Wow. Mm, Friday the Thirteenth, Part Ten. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, let's see. Also under violence and gore, one man gets zapped by a laser gun and we see his charred, bloody arm. Huh, it's not Terminator? Nope. Total Recall? Nope. Huh. Mine is, uh, this is actually a big clue, so pay attention. (laughs) Uh, alcohol, drugs, and smoking. Snorting substances and smoking. Hmm. Snorting substances. Hmm. So, I mean, I guess it could... Oh, RoboCop? No. No. Yeah, I, I knew... As soon as I said it, I knew it wasn't RoboCop. Because I, I was thinking of, of movies where they're snorting drugs that isn't cocaine. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, let me do the profanity. Um, you nuke in the neck, actually. Oh, yeah, that's right. You do. Four uses of goddamn, all except one, are whispered to one another. Or, and <laughs> the other one is yelled. But it's said very quick to where you don't really notice it. <laughs> Shit is said 32 times. Twelve uses of damn, including damn it, etc. Are there other... Are there other... Uh, other forms of that. Nine uses of hell, two uses of crap, five uses of ass. Strong language, including F-words, play in a song in the end credits. Team America? No. Hmm. Let's see here. A dead woman's body falls on top of a teenage girl while she is hiding in a closet. Well, this definitely sounds like a slasher movie. Um, hmm, Scream? No. Uh, although the violence is glamorized, it mostly has a light tone and is not disturbing. Natural born killers? No. Huh. Sorry, I just saw the uh, smashes crotch. It's the flight bully again. <laughs> uh, let's see, I'm running out of ones that aren't obvious. Hmm. A man has all four fingers of one hand cut off when a young man attacks him with a machete like paper slicer. 
Oh, that makes that sounds familiar too. Hmm. The faculty. Yes. Oh wow. And then he, and then he goes. He looks at get my crotch smashed against a flag. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I don't either. You want to rewatch it? Okay, so uh, as per our rules, I will give one. I don't really want to say the main character's name because just saying the main character's name will give away the movie. So let me find one without the main character's name, but I think should give it to you. And then I want to read you one that I think should be the tagline of the film. Uh, a man is seen naked when he is, quote, awoken from the artificial constructs, <laughs> but his genitals are not shown at any point. Is, how is this, is this, um, uh, what is it? Oh, shit. The Sylvester Stallone movie? No. See, I thought, it's that, again, sounds like a Terminator movie. I thought it was, um, what the fuck is that? Judge, uh, no, 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 what's that movie called? Ah, damn it! I can't remember the movie where he, where he fights Wesley Snipes in the future. Oh, um, Demolition Man. Yeah, I thought it was that, but you're saying it's not that or Terminator? No. So here, I'll I'll read you this. Are, are you are you including Terminator Two in the Terminator uh, question? Yeah, it's not anything to do with the Terminator. So, um, here's one. I think this should give it to you, and it's got no no names. If you don't get it from this, I'll I'll, I'll do the name. But uh, one man tells another that he can quote hook him up with a woman in a red dress. She walks by oh, the Matrix. Yes. Huh. That's weird. I don't know why I didn't pick up on any of these. I don't. I don't remember the part where someone gets a a, a taser or whatever it is to charred arm. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I don't remember that either. But uh, oh, right where the guy got his crotch smashed into a flagpole. <laughs> So, so under violence and gore, one of them just says constant martial arts violence. <laughs> I think that should be a tagline to uh, the Matrix. The Matrix, constant martial arts violence. Oh, all right. So now uh, let's do an ad. Let's do a promo for a fabulous show on the network. Last week we did things I found online which I'm sure you enjoyed. This week, we're doing somebody else, uh, and I'll probably mention who that is next week when uh, we we play a promo for someone else who I didn't look up. So this is another show on the network, and what a great show they are, and they just do all the, the things. So listen to them. Hey, we're Renee. And Adrian. And we are the Outlandish Historians. We're sisters, nerds, and lovers of all things history. Except bell bottoms. Keep that in the past. Come hang out with us on the Dear World of History podcast. We will frolic through time as we chat and geek out over the good, the bad, and the downright ugly history of the world. We promise you don't have to be a licensed historian to travel through time with us. Maritime disasters? Check. Historical serial killers? Check. Glamorous and petty royals? Check and check. You can find us almost anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at Dear Historians and Instagram at Outlandish Historians. So chug that drink me bottle and come on down the rabbit hole. It's going to be a wild ride. So that was that show. 
And now, on to what we're watching. Mike, you and I talked about it last week. We watched the same thing this week, which we don't always do, as, you know frequent listener knows but um (laughs) that's alex the frequent listener but uh we um we watched the same thing this week we watched dave Chappelle's new stand-up sticks and stones oh i i didn't watch it actually oh okay well i'll just i I, I watched it i didn't rewatch it which i meant to do Mm -hmm. but uh, the weekend came up fast with labor day and uh Kids first day back at school and all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw Norm MacDonald's joke about Labor Day, but it just didn't work. Nope. (laughs) Uh, But, yes, so Sticks and Stones, getting a little controversy, which, you know, I I didn't even, I'll I'll profess my ignorance. I didn't even realize he had a new stand-up special on Netflix until you mentioned it. And then I didn't really read anything about it until after I'd watched it and formed my opinion on it. And then I started reading that was there was all this controversy for it. Now, obviously, we can't... It's not like a TV show or a movie. We're not going to break down the stand-up special because there's no plot. You know, we're not going to go, like, blow by blow. So I guess we can kind of talk about what we thought of it and and some of the controversy surrounding it. But... Mike, what first of all, did you did you enjoy this special? It, where would you rank it amongst uh, you know, uh Dave Chappelle's like stand up different stand up specials? It's really hard to rank um because I mean any like special by Chappelle is gonna be pretty much better than anybody else's special. Like I thought this was kind of a mediocre one for him just because he's kind of tread the same ground before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, like, there's something about, like, the way he, like, when he'll tell a joke and I'll just kind of, like, pretend to walk off stage. I really am kind of annoyed by that. Like, I don't think he really needs to do something like that, you know? Yeah. And also, it just kind of seems to me like he's kind of, like, dumbing his jokes down towards his audience. He's, like, super intelligent guy, but it seems he's kind of, like, you know, pandering a bit. Yeah, I see that a little bit, too. Yeah, I definitely liked it. I mean, I didn't think it was as good as his other uh, specials that he had recently on Netflix, um, and I don't really think I've seen the, the, all of Killing Them Softly. I don't think I've seen all that. I might have in bits and pieces. I mean, it's 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 not bad, but I mean, it's not his best work. Like, maybe it took place too quickly after his most recent special. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's the thing is, so I agree with you, and I thought this was, you know, maybe towards the middle, maybe even, like, towards the bottom third of stand-up specials I've seen from him. I was not incredibly impressed uh, by it, at, at least, as you pointed out, as far as a Dave Chappelle special goes. Now, that doesn't mean it was terrible. Uh, I don't think it was terrible, but um, all the other ones that are currently available on Netflix, I watched I watched the other ones, too, just kind of for, for context and everything. Uh, I have a lot more time on my hands than Mike does, <laughs> and... And, you know, I, I've sort of, you know, and this was all before I read anything about any of the quote unquote controversy of it. I, um, you know, I didn't, I, I thought, yeah, these are all, these are better. And like you said, a lot of it is stuff that, you know, he's talked about before. You know, we go into the Michael Jackson stuff he, where he, that's one of the controversial things where he, he talks about how he doesn't believe that Michael Jackson did it and, and everything he's mentioned that. In almost every special he's ever had, he's said something about Michael Jackson and how he doesn't think Michael Jackson committed these these crimes. Um, yeah, to be fair though, he just kind of heads that. He's like, 
He's like, well, but I mean, even if so, it's Michael Jackson, you know. It's like he obviously is like a huge like icon for yeah. a lot of people. So. Yeah, I don't. I've never gotten it. To be totally honest with you, and I, I'll st- here's my hot take. I'll say something that I'm sure a lot of people will disagree with out there. But I've never been a huge Michael Jackson fan. As far yeah, as me either, I as, don't like. I'm not a big pop music fan in general. Yeah, but as far as his music goes, his music has always just been okay to me. Like, like it's yeah. it's very generic. Like to me, it's very generic. Like 80s. Um, yeah, you know, like it's good. I. Yeah. I I think his his what set him apart to to be honest is his dancing, which obviously because he was a very good dancer. But you know that's obviously something that you know you could only see on MTV and videos, or if you watched him live, which obviously you can't now. <laughs> oh, but you can if you go to the hologram shows. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. But yeah, so I've never I've never been a huge fan of his music. I understand that to Dave Chappelle who's probably, you know, the right age and everything. And, you know, when he was growing up, I'm sure that was the, you know, the hot shit and everything that that's a huge, a huge hero for him. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to look objectively at your heroes, I guess. He doesn't want to believe that Michael Jackson was capable of this because he has an image of Michael Jackson in his head that he doesn't want tarnished by the reality yeah even on the dave chappelle show he had like a joke you know about like how like you know he would he refused to believe like black mm-hmm. stories are guilty yeah and one was michael jackson and his only excuse was like thriller like yeah. his only to say he's like that's his only good excuse yeah exactly they the i remember the funniest part about that is the the prosecutor says well, what, would, what would you say if i told you that the uh, young man was able to describe Michael Jackson's penis. And he was like, he's like, I've never seen Michael Jackson's penis. I'm pretty sure I could describe it. Uh, A head, a shaft, a couple balls, some pubic hair, uh, probably with some glitter sprinkled in it, right? And then the funny funny part about it is the prosecutor just kind of looks down defeated and goes, that is correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, he's, you know, this is actually a frequent subject of his, I mean, I don't understand why it's controversial. I mean, even if he legitimately does not believe these, you know, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous that, like, you know, if you don't believe everything someone that you don't even know says, you're a bad person, which is part of the point of his special to begin with. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, okay, so one of the things, one of the criticisms that I read was that he was defending uh, basically people with power or people with privilege. Uh, Michael Jackson. I guess they maybe they throw R. Kelly in there. I don't know. He, he clearly does not does not defend R. Kelly in the in the, you know what he's talking about. Um, but uh, uh, Louis C.K. You know they mention that. So they mention that he's defending people that were in positions of power and really don't need to be defended and things like that. And that's not what comedy is about. But as uh, one of my favorite comedians out there as well, or at least, I don't know, maybe I should call him just a one-man show person, but Colin Quinn, uh, who who also has a a new one-man show on on Netflix that I watched, um, as he says... Uh, I hear all the time, you know, that uh, comedians are supposed to punch down. We never, or yeah, punch down. We never punch up, or or whatever. Or we're supposed to punch up. We're, we never punch down. I've read that from uh, you know a hundred different people who have never done comedy in their life. Uh, so it's like there is no. This is what comedy is supposed to be. 
the beautiful thing about comedy is that it's it's unique to everyone. Everyone has their own point of view. Comedy is basically Socrates or Plato with a laugh track. You know, it's people giving what they think their observations or or their insight to how they look at the world and think about the world in funny ways, in ways that is designed to make audiences laugh. It either points out the absurdity of things or it makes analogies in humorous ways or or you know it's a bait and switch there are many different forms that comedy can take stand up comedy can take but in the end it's this is what i think about the world around us and and, and that's what i want you to know that's the art form of comedy and that can like i said that can take you know any form you can punch up you can punch down you can punch sideways that you know it's however it's going to be and i think eddie murphy said it perfectly on uh, jerry seinfeld's thing when he said the, when he said the difference was people are uncomfortable and i think it was eddie murphy maybe i think it was him might have been ricky gervais but i think it was eddie murphy uh where he said people are uncomfortable if they think you don't know what you're saying is bad it, you don't know that what you're saying is politically incorrect you, you know and, and stuff like that then that's not funny. That becomes uncomfortable. But when it's clear you know what you're saying, you're not supposed to be saying, then you know, then you can find the humor in it. And I think that's I think that's exactly right. It it comes down to you know what what you know and, and what you project that you know. And I think it's pretty clear that that <laughs> that Dave Dave Chappelle doesn't doesn't think that what he's saying is cor is correct or should be correct whether it's Michael Jackson or his as, as self-admittedly his friend Louis CK you know any of the defense of the these people that have done uh, you know bad things uh, I, I don't think he I don't think he thinks hey this is this is right what I'm saying he's just saying this is what I think about things and yeah I know I'm not supposed to say this stuff. He even says that before he says the Michael Jackson thing. He says, I'm going to say something I know I'm not supposed to say. If any idea that people weren't supposed to say things is just ridiculous. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. the comedy world over the past 10 years has been so much like, you know, people taking jokes out of context. It's like people don't even understand the whole purpose of, like, stand-up comedy anymore. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, this is another thing that uh, that Colin Quinn points out, where they say, like, well, you know, you can't make jokes about this because some, you know, Nazi living in Nebraska or whatever is going to think that you're being serious about what you're saying. And Colin Quinn's like, so I have to tailor my act to a Nazi in Nebraska now? That's that. That's right. that, he's like. That's exactly the opposite of what I wanted to do when I went into comedy. Now I've got to tailor it to to these specific audience. No, I'm not doing that. And it's like, yeah, exactly. You know, people are going to take things how they take things. It's just it's the same thing with with violent video games or violence on TV or or, or in music or or whatever. People are going to take things the way they take it. You, you're going to interpret something. However, however, you know, it, it's it's a factor of how you were raised, you know, what you've experienced, what you've seen, your thought process in the moment. There are so many things that you bring to you for your interpretation that the artist might not 
want you to interpret it that way at all. But that's not the artist's fault. That because the artist can't tailor their message to every single person individually. It has to be taken. They, and if they tried to, the art form would lose all of its artistry. You know, Stephen King once said, and I think this is true of all forms of art, basically, but he said this about writing. Stephen King once said that that ima- imagination begins in the writer's head, but it has to finish in the reader's head. That's how, that's the connection in writing. And I think that's true of stand-up comedy, of music, of TV, of movies, of every art form, every form of artistic expression. I think that that's true. You can't spell everything out. You have to, you have to start the process. The creator starts the process and has what they think people should get out of this or or the point of view that they want to get across. And then everyone interprets it a certain way. But you can't kill an artist because of how people interpret things. That's just yeah and and I saw the one of the accusers of Michael Jackson saying that he was upset and everything about this Dave Chappelle thing. You're upset that some people don't believe you? I mean I think I'm sorry. Just because he's on TV with a comedy special he doesn't have to believe you. I happen to think he's wrong, and I think most people out there probably do think he's wrong, because I think most people out there probably think that Michael Jackson did the stuff that that he's accused of. But what's it matter? What's it matter if he believes you or not? That doesn't change the truth. Him believing you doesn't make it not happen to you, and it doesn't make it easier for you. You know, like healing from something like that is something you have to go through personally and and the legal fight you know is what it is you you need to convince 12 jurors not Dave Chappelle cuz he's not going to be on that jury so what does it matter what he thinks about it yeah i don't i don't know it's like uh but yeah that's one of the i don't understand how it's a controversy but people are I mean, people think, like you just said, people think that, you know, everyone believes the accusers of Michael Jackson and no one believes the opposite. I mean, there are so many people who believe that Michael Jackson didn't do any of this stuff that it's, like, mm-hmm. it's a lot. So you shouldn't be surprised. About it. My own mom, whose birthday would have been today, by the way. Happy birthday. Yeah. She, uh, she, she never believed it. She said, no, I think he probably, she says a lot of types of stuff that Dave Chappelle did. And she was never like an enormous Michael Jackson fan or anything, but she would say, look, you know, his dad abused him when he was a kid, beat him, you know, up and all this stuff and everything. I don't think that he actually molested any of these kids. I think he just liked, liked these kids and he liked, uh, he, he liked being a kid because, he didn't have a, a childhood when he was younger because of the stuff that his dad did to him. So she said, you know, so I don't think that he that he did any of this. That was her thought process based simply on that stuff. Now, you know, maybe not the best, maybe not the best evidence to base an opinion on, but that was, uh, you know, that was what she thought. And, and, you know, there are other people that believe that too. And there are people that believe that he did it. What we believe doesn't matter, though. You know, like, if I had been molested by somebody, anybody, um, whether it was Michael Jackson or, or anyone else, I wouldn't, what other people believed wouldn't matter so much to me as getting justice for this situation. And 
you don't get justice in the court of public opinion. You get justice in the you know through the justice system. So that's what I would be focused on. I mean, I guess if this guy's upset about it, he has every right to be upset about it. That's fine. But it doesn't. You can't say now Dave Chappelle needs to get canceled because of because of, of that. You, you can you know you have the ability to say I don't like what he says, and 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 I think that he's wrong. Or that I know he's wrong because I did experience uh, this abuse at, at his hands. You know he has the right to say that, and and then good. You know the the court of uh, of public opinion and everything will will weigh in on it. Like I said, I think Dave Chappelle's a very funny comedian. I think he's totally wrong about Michael Jackson. I think Michael Jackson absolutely did all this stuff. That's my belief based on you know things that I that I have read over the years. I'm not saying I'm right. I could be completely wrong too. Dave Chappelle and my mom might be completely right about uh, about it, and maybe nothing happened, uh, you know, with uh, with these kids other than a bunch of sleepovers. That's not what the evidence seems to point to me. But what does it matter? It doesn't. It, it, and that's the thing. Are, are we not supposed to ever talk about any of this stuff? You know, somebody accuses Michael Jackson of molesting them. Are we just supposed to be like, okay, well, he's guilty, and no discussion. We're not going to look at any evidence. Or, yeah, forget it. No, We're not going to talk about any ideas. That's really what we want society to be. Nobody, talk, nobody talks through ideas anymore. There can no, never be any dissenting opinions. Everyone has to always agree. That's the biggest problem, and that's a death knell to comedy, is that everyone always has to agree type thing. Comedy is going against... You know, like, so, okay, so for instance, in the 60s, there was a ton of of censorship and things like that. Uh, people like Lenny Bruce and, and, and everything couldn't use, and George Carlin, couldn't use, you know, certain swear words uh, in their act. They'd get charged with obscenities, obscenity fines and things like that. They'd get thrown in jail. It happened. And... You know, there were, there were, that was kind of like how society was. So they did it. They, you know, comedy stood up to, to everything society was telling them they shouldn't do. They did. Cause that's what comedy does. Now society's saying you can't talk about transgendered people. You can't talk about, you can't make jokes about gay people. You can't make jokes about rape. You can't, you can't claim that Michael Jackson, uh, you know, was innocent of his crimes and, and on and on and on, all these stuff. And people are surprised that comedians are doing the opposite. Comedians always do the opposite. The comedians always see what's going on in society and say, yeah, uh, fuck that. I'm going to do what I want to do. You know, that there's always a faction of comedians that do that. And Dave Chappelle is, is one of those types of comedians. So I, I don't understand why anyone is surprised or why anyone thinks that this is... When I saw that this was controversial, I was like, what? Like, I, mean, I couldn't believe that this show was considered controversial. I was like, for the transgendered stuff again? The, he he seems so on the side of transgendered people that it's amazing to me. Yeah, but he's simply saying to him it's confusing, which, I mean, I can understand that, you know, feeling or opinion. It's I, I don't understand the whole, it doesn't make sense to me. I've never felt that way, so mm -hmm. I can't really relate, you know. But, I mean, it's your body. You have one life as far as I know, you know, so do what you want with it. Yep, exactly. And, you still find it odd, you know. I mean, it's that's how people, you know, 
talk about uncomfortable things through joking. That's, you know, what comedy does. It kind of like is like society's like id coming to the forefront where you're able to say like the darkest thing and like try and make it like, you know, put a twist on it. Like, is that, is that okay to talk about? Is that something that we should be, you know, not speaking? Yep. And the, the, the best part of the, the stand, the special to me was, uh, where he's talking about the car, the, uh, the LGBTQ, uh, community. And how, how um, you know they they're they're all separate movements, but they ride in the car together, and the G's are driving <laughs> because there are white men in the G's, and they know how to navigate through oppression and uh, you know and all that stuff. And then the L's are in the driver's seat, and they they don't like <laughs> the G's don't like the L's, which is is kind of true. Uh, having known some some gay men in my life. I don't know exactly why either. I feel like maybe because lesbians were accepted a lot more readily than gay men were, that they're they they're a little pissed off about that. That's my guess. But they uh, they do have a little bit of a contentious relationship. And then the bees in the back seat. I mean, they're really like the polar opposite of them. Like they're instead of being men who are only attracted to men, they're women who are only attracted to women. Yeah, exactly. You can't you can't get more opposite than that. Exactly. But then he talks about the bees, you know, and everything. And then he, he talks about the T's and says that everyone else in the car respects them, but, you know, they resent them because they can't help but think that they're making the trip take a little longer, which I think is a brilliant analogy for what is actually happening when you talk about the LGBTQ, like, movement in in this country. I think, you know, gay yeah, Dave, Dave Chappelle is a, like, you know, without doubt a genius, like mm-hmm. a genius level IQ. Cause when you think about comedians, you know, generally like the more intelligent you are, the more funny you are, at least that's like, you know, the stereotype. I mean, he's like the funniest comedian out there and he's effortless with this comedy. He is yep. a very, very, very bright person. And I don't think he really gets enough credit for that to be honest. No, I absolutely agree. And I think he has the ability. I think he's a very empathetic person, honestly. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Because I think he has the ability to see these different... He's not part of the LGBTQ community, but he has the ability to see from the outside in what's going on with with that movement and make this brilliant analogy to to everything that's also very funny that that to me is the is the centerpiece and the best part of of the bit and that's that is that bit is worthy of any of his specials unfortunately there to me anyway there just weren't enough bits like that in the rest of the rest of the specials some of the other stuff uh you know fell a little flat but, yeah, but that's only falling flat for Chappelle because any yeah. other comedian would, you know, give like a limb to have any of his jokes. Oh, for sure. Yeah, this is the this is the best stand up special for like ninety nine percent of of other stand up comedians out there. Like if they did this set, this is the best set they'll ever do. Um, so yeah, as we we said before, when when we talk about this, as far as how good it is or how good it isn't, it's based on the Chappelle scale. So it's not based on an objective scale. On an objective scale, it's you know one of the probably I don't know fifty best uh, sets or, or hundred best oh, sets of yeah, all time. For sure. Yeah, I, it would easily easily be an either. Yeah. So, um, but. Yeah, that that and like I said, that just that one bit is 
you know, is better than almost anything that anyone else is doing as far as uh, as far as comedy goes. But that, yeah, that is a a brilliant analogy, and I think a right on analogy because if you look at you know the marriage equality and things like that, Overfell uh, versus Georgia, and um, you know, and all those all those cases and everything, there, um, you know, the gay gays and lesbians and you know bisexuals too have have come a long way obviously there's still you know there's still a little bit of ways to go uh, especially um in the the area of acceptance but as far as legally goes i mean they can get married in all 50 states now they've come pretty far from from where they started but they all do get kind of grouped together like dave chappelle said even though they're they're, they have separate sort of they have separate sort of goals and transgendered people because that's the big thing now and it's a hard it's a hard thing for people to kind of accept it's a hard it's a hard bridge for people to cross and everything and they have a lot farther to go than than gay people or, or lesbians or bisexual people they it does kind of feel like they're slowing things up a little bit and maybe you know homosexuals are a little bit resentful of that i could totally see that and like i said it's just it, it's a brilliant kind of deconstruction of everything uh, that's going on and that that is for me easily the best part of uh best part of the special um mike did you have any other parts that that sort of stood out to you that you liked uh, no, not really. And again, that was, you know, the issue. It wasn't like, um, like some, I, mean, I felt it wasn't at his best as he was in other specials. But again, you know, he's Dave Chappelle and that's a completely different scale. Yeah. Uh, I like, I like the, uh, the question and answers they had at the end. He did a few shows in uh, Carnegie Hall. Oh, yes. And they're just kind of fun. And like, he just shows like, how quick he is. He's just so, he's, he's just a genius, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I didn't see that right away, honestly, because I, I, I turned it off. The first time I watched it, because I watched it a couple times, I turned it off, uh, you know, during the, the credits. So if you haven't seen this yet and you're going to watch this special, let it run through the credits so that you can get to the bonus uh, thing at the end. But because somebody on uh, on Facebook, one of my friends on Facebook pointed it out to me to watch that part. And I said, oh, okay. So so make sure that you let it run to the end so you can get the, the bonus. But it's about a half an hour long or so. And... And yeah, he takes questions and answers, uh, you know, from his shows that he did on Broadway, and he tells a very interesting story about a transgendered woman. And he he says he's doing his jokes. He he notices her in the audience. She you know she came to all the shows that he was doing in in California, and or this one uh, place in California as he was tuning up his act, and he was nervous about it. And he said, but you know, if I if I can't do it in front of her, then I shouldn't do it at all. So. You know, I I need to be able to do this in front of her, which is absolutely correct. So he he did it, and she he said she laughed harder at at those than anyone else in the room, and and uh, he said he had a drink with her, you know, afterwards, and they they discussed things, and he said she said you know I was reading about you in the New York Times, and I was sad that they said that you that you had normalized R. Kelly when what he did. By joking about him, and she said it's interesting that they've never said you've normal you normalize transgenders by making jokes about us, and that's it's it's definitely an interesting point. 
And I, I do think comedy has that ability to to normalize things. Like, you know, for instance, I guess like Will and Grace, okay? Now, I was never a huge fan of Will and Grace. I know people who were, though. That was one, of, I remember when that came out, it was a big deal because it was one of the first TV shows with openly gay characters about gay issues. And, and you know, it's, it's a comedy. I think, I don't think the first... Was it, though? Well, yeah, but I think, but th- that's the thing is, I don't think the first gay show, uh, the first show about gay people that really focuses on gay people could have been a drama. Not in 1998. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think in general, when you're trying to, to break in a new idea or, or expose America, you know, as a whole to a new concept uh, about about you know things or or a group of people or whatever it's got to be comedy i mean there's a reason that yeah. the jeffersons was a comedy uh the cosby show was a comedy you know uh, um uh, good times was a comedy you know there were obviously there were serious moments in all those shows but they they were all sitcoms at heart there, there's a there's a reason for that there was a reason that will and grace was a you know quote unquote comedy comedy does have the ability to normalize things or to to expose people to these new ideas even when it's when it's doing it using stereotypes because for instance all in the family you know all in the family you use stereotypes all the time and that's one of those ones where Colin Quinn would say you know where someone would say to to them like they said to Colin Quinn well you know okay yeah I, I, we get that Archie Bunker is satire and everything but you know somebody you know sitting in their house in in Georgia you know who's already prejudiced might not realize that it's satire and i could see Norman Lear saying so i've got a i've got a program for him you know, like, right, and also Archie Bunker is like never like the hero, you know. Exactly, you know, like the, the, the dumbass who doesn't get what's even going on. Exactly, and that's that's the thing is is when you use humor in that way, and you show the it's like you can show the ridiculousness of stereotypes that can be yeah. that can be very powerful. Yeah, let's be honest. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, people have questions. Of, I mean, as weird as it is, like you know about like you know. Uh, you know, different groups, and they always seem like they're a rude thing to ask. But I mean, it's I think coming from a place of genuine curiosity. But it's even rude to. I mean, everyone likes to kind of pretend that everybody is 100% equal, the same. You know, no differences. But really, the only difference is culture, and culture is such a deep, you know, stain on someone's like life that you know you would be curious about another person's culture. But it's really it's kind of rude to even ask, and that's something again that comedy will you know kind of bring out to the open to discuss and talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's sad in a way that, that, and, you know, you know me, I mean, uh, both Mike and I, probably more me than Mike, but, you know, like to talk, obviously that's why we have this show. And it really makes me sad that there are, you know, either topics or, or people that just think that you can't talk about things. I think you should be able to talk about anything. Conversation is the beginning of understanding. If you don't, if you don't understand somebody's culture or somebody's point of view, um, and if anybody out there listening to this wants to, you know, engage on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and you know, say, look, you're wrong, and Chappelle's show, you know, Chappelle's stand-up special was wasn't good or, or was 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 harmful or whatever or controversial, and, and this is why I think, you know, but you know, 
dot 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 and you know i'll absolutely have a conversation with you i am i am willing to to listen to anyone i'm willing to change my opinions on things i like learning about other people's points of view and why they think things and if you have logical reasons that refute you know what i think then you know it's it's not impossible to change my opinion uh at all uh when i come across logical reasons that i can't refute my opinion changes um and uh, yeah, so I, I think it's sad that people think that there are things that can't be talked about or things that shouldn't be talked about. And anyone that's a person of color or, or you know, a transgender person or a homosexual that, you know, I think you guys should engage. I mean, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but I think people in groups that want equal rights and that want to be accepted should engage as many people as possible in, in conversation and, you know, like educate people, let, let people learn, you know, if people are asking questions like, well, you know, like how, like, you know, I'd love to have a, a transgender person on the show and just talk to them about when they knew how they knew, you know, just all this, all this kind of stuff, because I want to know, I want to understand, I want to understand transgendered people better i want to understand everybody better uh because that gives me a, a broader you know a view of the world and i think conversation can only help us and i think stand-up comedy is, is is definitely a big part of that exactly so that's been soapbox for <laughs> for the day i guess uh that's that's our episode um as always, tell friends about the show. You can uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook. You can do all that stuff. Like I said, if you, if you have anything you want to say to us, go ahead and you know at massive late fee at uh, late fee Mike, and you know let us know what you think about things. If uh, if you want Norm McDonald to guest on the show, uh, just tweet at Norm McDonald to guest on massive late fee. <laughs> I've thought about talking about um, you know brilliant. Uh, stand-up comedians obviously uh mike and i any, anyone who listens to the show regularly knows mike and i uh both love norm mcdonald my favorite comedian I, I think mike's favorite comedian too and obviously he is also a genius uh goes goes to the point of you know the smarter you are the uh the funnier the funnier you are uh he has a small cameo in the the dave Chappelle stand-up too by the way oh at the very end yeah in the credits uh, he one one of the pictures uh, that kind of go through the credits. So there's pictures of him with different people. Uh, John Stewart's one of them. Uh, Norm Macdonald's one of them. They're they're st- they're sitting they're they're at a bar together. Basically, was it from the movie Screwed. Uh, no, I think it was just I think it was just like Norm had Norm had come to see him at a club or at, at a perform or uh, something, or he had come to see Norm perform or, or something. But it looked like a candid sure. shot. Oh, that's cool. But uh, yeah, so uh, I've thought about. Of messaging him because he follows us on Twitter. We're we're one of the few people he follows on Twitter, and uh, I've thought yeah, about messaging. I know that's the thing is <laughs> I keep thinking like if I message him, maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll uh, unfollow us. And you know, honestly, unfollow. Honestly, he might just ignore it either way. So might just never even read it because maybe he never even reads his inbox. Uh, you know, if I was a celebrity, I probably wouldn't read my inbox. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so 
Uh, just tweet at him, you know, if uh, if you want him to be on the show, and maybe we'll get him on the show. Uh, anyway, so that is our show for the the week. Uh, like and subscribe, do all that stuff. You know, I don't know. Like and subscribe and smash that like button. There's no like button. <laughs> I hate that. I know, I do too. Um, that's why I rarely do it, and that's why I hate doing this, but it really does help in some weird way. Fair enough. Uh, so we will talk to you next week. Bye. See you later.